welcome back to my podcast and uh, thank you for being here for season two, episode two. I did notice that the last episode I said (laughs) episode two, I meant episode one for season two. So uh, thanks for being with me again. I actually do have a special guest with me today. I have met this person uh, quite a few months ago, actually, about a year ago when I first came to TikTok, she was actually one of my followers Um, and mentee and has then gone out on her own and become her own healer and going through her own spiritual journey and for the first time we've actually met in real life so for any of you that don't follow me on TikTok um, I am Limitless Nicole No Spaces Um, but there's also today I have the special guest with me Madison um, who is also the healing hologram that's her TikTok tag Um, welcome Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> and I can't oh, believe you're here in real life. I know. I know. And it's so bizarre. What What do you think it's like? Just you know, the energy that we have on lives versus mm. the energy we're having together. Oh, it is. It's otherworldly, really, yeah, isn't it, is. it? We just bounce off of each other, and it's like. It's the exact same. I if know. Not, if not more powerful because it's physical now. Do you know what I mean? We're in the physical reality. Absolutely. In front of each other. And you know yeah. what the funny thing is, is that, um, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people that meet, um, you know, they've met online and then they meet in real, meet in real life and it's very different. Mm. Um, and for me often, I mean, even my dating experiences, I laugh at the fact that, a lot of the time they'll say, well, you're actually better in person. <laughs> and you're just kind of reiterating that. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, it's actually true. Like I've met you, you're better in person. You've met me, I'm better in person. So if anything, it's like this high vibe at the moment that we wanted to jump on and share with you all. We've been bouncing off lots of self-development ideas and what that means um, and also, you know, some deep psychological sort of peeling back a lot of different layers that we're both currently going through mm. at the moment, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's almost like you meet people within your life and with with you, it's like the darkness is okay. Yeah. You know, it's everything... Everything is okay. Everything is accepted. Yeah. And it's awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that when we walk in the path of awareness, um, there is a level of acceptance that comes with everything, which makes life just so much easier, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what we've been talking about is all the different sort of coaches out there some of the messaging that's being put out um, and also, you know, what do they actually mean and uh, what are some of the most recent things that we've been talking about? You know, Madison has stayed here with me the night, so we've had lots of banter, but what are some of the things that are standing out to you that you'd like my audience to know that you've come to learn spending kind of 24 hours with me so far? <laughs> uh, a lot. <laughs> um, right, so... awareness being in awareness and and allowing all parts of ourselves to come to the surface mm-hmm. like you know obviously we're different when we're with other people like you know mm-hmm. I'm the way that I show up with you right now that would be different to maybe a you know my grandfather or mm-hmm. you know a little child mm-hmm. it's different but it all comes back to integration mm-hmm. integrating knowledge wisdom from source mm-hmm. but as well as there's a lot of there's a lot going on in our lives that mm-hmm. that we have to you know honor it's like we have this knowing of why it's happening we we have this knowing but our mind tricks us mm-hmm. um but what i have seen you know, with coaches, with watching them speak, some will say, you know, sit, sit in your darkness or sit in the feeling. And recently, I never really understood that. 
like until recently and and what that actually means and then I see some people saying you know like feel it move on or you know you can you can sit with your darkness and but it at the start I was intellectualizing this and I was thinking well what does this actually mean it's not I feel like it is not explained in depth and with what's happening in the world and on earth right now and with all the new frequencies and and everything that's going on I feel like this really need we need to go in depth with this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so what does like what does sitting in your darkness mean and how can we integrate this in our lives mm-hmm. and maybe in in a way that is healthy for us mm-hmm. and but also bringing in the elements yeah i'm feeling too mm-hmm. yeah. so what what does that can you talk about that because <laughs> <laughs> we've just talked about this and I, um before i get to that i'm i'm the question i think maddie's trying to get to is she did talk to me about the fact that a lot of coaches are out like well you know don't uh you know feel your feels but and you, you shit can I say but just don't stay there and what does that actually look like and I think that's the missing prong for a lot of people that are struggling to understand what does it mean to not stay there right what does it mean to feel it and move on there's there is actually a process to 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 making that happen and that's an internal process. So, for example, um, you know, for somebody that actually does do the work, they can articulate what that process looks like. So, for myself, I am currently going through probably, uh, well, I actually am going through active depression. Would you believe it? And uh, part of that, the process to my healing is actually sitting in my stuff and uh, in, in my darkness. And inside that darkness, for example, is pain and fear and all the, the what we would say maybe call lower vibrational stuff. Um, but from there, I will move it to sadness. And inside of that sadness, I'm able to feel that in my heart. I'm able to cry. I'm able to go through the motions of feeling that sadness. And I might even have, for example, an experience that's attached to it that I might release at the same time. Then from that sadness, I might move to, for example, reflection. You know, where in life have I felt that sadness? And I might hug myself, my inner child. I might uh, pick my dog up and be grateful that he is not a part of that sad story, um, whatever. So I get sort of this reflection where I'm looking back at the sadness. Then from the reflection, I'll move to nostalgia. So almost like a nostalgic wonder where these moments were actually the fundamental. Jackson, he's chiming in for everybody today. And as you know, I don't edit this podcast, so I'm going to let him go. Um, but, um, you know, he's the fundamental foundation of, of growth is sometimes that darkness. And I think we're too quick to actually move people on from that rather than explaining the internal process that happens. So again, we're sitting at this point in nostalgia and we're all of a sudden looking back with wonder at all of these dark times that have essentially created uh, growth to which we then move into gratitude. From gratitude, we're able to actually look back at those experiences and know that with absolute certainty they happened in order to help us see that let's just say dark actually helps expand the light and without darkness we wouldn't be able to feel that gratitude so therefore all of a sudden the top line saying of darkness balances out light and lightness balances out dark makes sense but without the process and the steps in between what does you know not staying in your shit look like And what does not sitting in your darkness look like? And that's the thing that I think we're missing in a lot of these, um, I guess, discussions that are happening at a top line level, whereby people go, well, I'm trying to not sit in my darkness and just move on from it. The point is not, you know, 
sit in your darkness and just move on, right? No, that's not the point. That, that's the end. The end goal is when you move on. There is actually steps that happen in the between that if you do do the work, you're a, you are able to help and articulate those steps or what they may look like for you and what moving on actually looks like. It's not an instant thing. And it's almost it almost comes across like when people say just don't stay in it, like they're not actually allowing the space in order to actually allow that person to truly move through their feelings. It's almost like they're not able to articulate the steps in between. And I guess that's the difference between a good and a bad coach, right? Mm -hmm. Is somebody who actually does that work themselves and is able to actually explain what sitting in the darkness looks like and how they actually go about moving on rather than just a lot of lip service. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, the world is so fast paced already. Yeah. And our emotions, it takes time to feel them Mm -hmm. and to move through them. Um, And it's not really like speaking with you and all of your wisdom and everything um, is, has made me realize that it's okay. You can sit in your darkness and there are stages and wait so it was nostalgia Mm -hmm. and then what is it so i i I take it from like a nostalgia and a wonder and i combine those two Mm. because nostalgia is looking back you have reflection then you get a sense of nostalgia when you look at those times Mm. you know and there is a sense of wonder because without that darkness happening you wouldn't be at this point where you're actually growing out of it you know Mm -hmm. and there is then a sense of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I'm not saying that those steps are the exact steps that everybody will need to take, but that's what it might look like for somebody. Mm. In an internal process, how do we not stay in our stuff? Firstly, it's not by saying, don't stay in your stuff. (laughs) I just really want to reiterate that I've I've really come to the point where Mm. I've realised that this is actually, to me... um, I feel, and this is my personal opinion, to sit there and say to someone, don't stay in it, who's currently going through distress, is dismissive of their, of their present moment feelings. Yeah. And so to honour those feelings and, you know, um, and, and, and if you are going to say, move on from it or don't stay in it, please explain to that person what that might look like. Mm. And I think that's probably what we got out of the session bouncing off each other today Mm. is probably a key critical um, piece to add to what does moving on look like, Mm. right? Definitely. Because how how are we truly meant to move on from something like just say someone who is in in a depression Mm -hmm. and someone says, you know, Feel it, move on. You know, don't stay in it too long. It's, that person could think, oh my God, okay, I'm doing this wrong. And and then suppress their emotions even more and ignore the issue, ignore the emotions, which is very counterproductive to their healing journey. Absolutely. And I do think, I do want to reiterate that for any coaches that are actually talking about this, and I know some incredible coaches myself that actually say this frequently, I do not think the point is, is that they want everybody to skip that process. But I think it's becoming apparent to me um, that maybe that's what's happening as a result. Um, and or that is not their intention. So the intention is to go through and do the work, which they will also articulate. But I think the deeper layer of thinking is what does the work look like and how do we accept people within the moment and actually help them embrace their darkness and help them understand that that darkness is actually the fundamental foundation for what is the, the greatness that is to come. And I think the second piece to that is, is that we've been talking about, um, you know, celebrating yourself. And this is another thing that we see a lot of. And I actually do not do enough of to which, you know, I'm grateful for a lot of the coaches around me that talk about this. 
because, you know, I want to minimize myself. And interestingly, this podcast and this particular episode, actually, we're talking a lot about my experiences here whilst I have Madison here with me today. But actually, and my first instinct is to minimize that because it's like I've got a guest here. I really need to be talking more about her. And um, I am not very good at celebrating myself. And, uh, you know, up until recently, I've had a lot of people stripping me down, tearing me down or not giving me the equal amounts of love that I deserve um, or validation and everybody needs it. So having that discussion with Madison, I'm incredibly grateful for her being here today. This beautiful 25 year old who is absolutely switched on (laughs) more than ever (laughs) um and for anybody who wants to follow her she's uh, i have said her tag before i will say it again she's um at the healing hologram on tiktok i'm sorry it is actually healing hologram eight Oh, it's eight now. Yeah, I took the V. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I took the V off. Oh, did you? So then it was more a collective thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you can follow her there. And she actually is, uh, she does, you know, talk about healing and all the different things that she might be going through. Um, whether it be going out into nature, whether it will be channeling and downloading. Um, she is from, you know, the sort of spiritual um, part of TikTok, uh, to which I am also a part of that as much as I am um, personal development, coaching and business. So, um, you know, Madison and I come together uh, on much of a spiritual level, but then when we get together, we expand out on all of these. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's powerful. It is so powerful. And it it all comes back to being in the moment mm. allowing whatever comes up to come up mm-hmm. and and really like i have such a deep gratitude for you and for Aww. this friendship i really do i've told you that before anyway mm. but you know and it all comes back to we I think you said before, like, we both bring our whole selves to the table. Yeah, we, we do. bring our whole selves to the table. But sometimes when we are not in our power and when we give in to those people who are, you know, trying to bring us down, whether that's consciously or not, uh, we, we almost give ourselves away. Yeah. And... And I know that, you know, a lot of people go through this mm-hmm. and I just want to, I want to ask you, what is, what would your definition of a good, healthy, you know, relationship, whether that be friendship with, or a relationship with a family member, what do you see that as? I think what, what what you pointed out before is actually probably a good depiction which is your Mm. whole self Mm. bringing your whole self to the table not just the side of yourself that you want that person to see and know that and and know that you are okay to do that and I think that's something that I've learned which with gratitude to you obviously um that I've been able to be my whole self um and also in I receive you in the same way. So you don't just give me the versions of yourself that you want me to see. You give me everything. You show me the good, the bad, the ugly, and (laughs) you allow, and that comes with a sense of like, I'm honored that you allow me in your life. And it's not, you know, you, you validate me as much as I validate you and you bring your whole self so the thing is when we hide away parts of ourselves inside of a friendship and it's absolutely normal I want to say to actually do that it's particularly in the early stages when you're getting to know somebody is you know and some people take longer than others um you know when when you're putting away parts of yourself because you're not sure whether they're going to receive you you're not really bringing your whole self to the table are you and as the friendship develops and gets closer and closer what the for me the differentiation between a close friendship like yours and mine Mm. um, as opposed to another friendship whereby 
they only bring a part of themselves to the table, you know. Mm. So, I, and I, if if you don't mind, I'm going to actually use a recent example mm-hmm. with you, yeah, um, if that's it. okay. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Don't make you nervous. <laughs> no, not at all. So, I actually recently um, we went through a stage where, you know, Maddie was working through her own emotions, and. A lot of what I had to say or, you know, my, how would you say it, my honesty, vulnerability, maybe um, putting a mirror up. Definitely, definitely a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, would you say it scared you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It definitely, yeah. Like, it was like you were holding a mirror up to me uh, of everything that I was running away from. Yeah. And even though in that moment I didn't understand what was happening, you, yeah, I honestly, I did not understand what was happening in that moment. Mm -hmm. My brain was coming up with all these different reasons, Mm -hmm. but it did come back to, which when I realised, like, you know, I called you and we, we, I, I, because what happened was... Uh, Nick, you were coming up, you were actually, as I remember it was, you were speaking about your darkness Mm -hmm. and the stages, basically, and we were talking about that Mm -hmm. in a very in-depth way, but it got to the point where because I had been running my whole life away, from this darkness and it was finally smacking me in the face it wanted to be recognized but I didn't I did not want to face it then but yeah where were we going with this you were were talking (laughs) about these the the foundations of a friendship and how it can be built through these you know breakdowns which is what happened in that time you you as a result, mm. I had M- Maddie just kind of dropped off and mm. um, wasn't really in contact very much. Um, mm. And at that point, I understood that for whatever reason, I be- I had every faith in the person that she is, um, but I didn't feel that there. Were, intuitively, I didn't feel that there was anything that I needed to fix, and that you know, on reflection of myself. Um, so I left her to go away and figure that out and come back to me. And if there was a problem, she would talk to me about it. But as it turned out, Maddie came back to me, you know, a couple of months later and called me and said I was being triggered and I wasn't sure how to work through that. And, you know, uh, I'm so sorry I should have been a better friend. And you were saying all of this stuff. Well, yeah. And, you know, what was my response to you? It's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> nah, no, you were very understanding and accepting. And I think that, you know, from my own trauma, I was expecting, I was, half of me was expecting you and not because of who you've showed me you are, but because of my trauma mm-hmm. to say, well, you know, no, it's done. And you should have spoken to me and... You know, but the fact that after months I came back to you and and was vulnerable, you were also able to meet me there mm-hmm. and be vulnerable as well. And I remember you saying, no, honey, I know who you are. I know your essence. I, I know that whatever was going on, you needed to deal with on your own and I knew that when the time was right that you would come back to me yeah and I was like oh and it's true and the funny thing is is that you know if it is something that you know I felt like she would have needed me to reach out and support her on I would have reached out but intuitively I knew that she was triggered and it felt I mean with all due respect it felt kind of angry and (laughs) you know uh you didn't really want to deal with it at the time or speak to me for whatever reason 
I didn't take it personally. I just understood that, you know, whatever it was that you were upset about, that you would eventually work through and come and talk to me. And if there was anything I needed to be accounted for, accountable for, I trusted in myself enough to know that I would do that for you. And I also trusted that eventually you would come back and mm. explain to me what that might have looked like mm-hmm. for you, so I could help. Yeah. Und- I could better understand you. Mm. And I think I think there are, that's the fundamental foundation of a good friendship is is that being able to talk mm. about those things, actually the darkness and the light, in a mm. way that you embrace who that person is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was mm. a side of you that I didn't know, and you gave me the opportunity to learn. Um, and to which I'm grateful for because then I was able to work with that. And mm. with every time, you know, every time the chaos comes about and the city sort of gets smashed down, it has the opportunity built to be built from even sturdier foundations. Yeah. To which is exactly what happens. So conflict inside mm. of friendships is absolutely okay mm. if, you know, the communication is there and you are able to actually talk about or talk through things right well now I in saying that now I feel like I probably won't just ignore you for a few months because (laughs) I feel so comfortable with you and you know I'd even say to you I don't know what's going on but this this, and this and and you've created such a safe space for me that and you're right the friendship is stronger yeah but what I want to ask you is when when we get triggered Mm -hmm. look for me personally it's anger a lot of the time Mm -hmm. and I just want to know what your thoughts are on you know anger and when we get triggered and like why is it anger or yeah what are your thoughts on that so for me uh, the spiritual side of me comes in and I get visions when people talk about emotional states and when I see anger I see you know ugly rage all the rest of it sort of um and to me what's happening when somebody gets angry is a part of their physicality is coming to bat for them because it's trying to defend them you uh, from having your cup emptied right mm-hmm. so for example if somebody is depleting your cup whether it be consciously or not or putting their hand in your cup and taking from you um, sometimes anger might be a way to actually push that person away and to acknowledge that anger now whether it's right or wrong is irrelevant mm-hmm. um in, in terms of what the other person is doing what is relevant is what's going on inside of you mm-hmm. and anger is just a, a state of being it is mm-hmm. a state of being that i believe comes from um a lack of recognition to your empty cup mm-hmm. to the point that you almost rage so for example if i know that you are angry or you're being triggered mm-hmm. and we say anger for example then I know that maybe that mirror is standing too close to your face right now and that you need some time to digest it because you're depleting very quickly as a result of going into that experience. Mm, Does that make sense? Definitely. Yep. So it's the natural reaction to your body. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. And it is absolutely okay for people to feel anger. Mm. Now, understanding what that anger is about is more the more important step. So when I say it's okay to feel it but make sure you move on from it what I would mean by that would be understand that the interaction understand that what's happening inside of the interaction with the person that is making you angry or why you're angry now there could be several reasons for example for women we get our period our hormones we deplete very quickly our body does not have a lot of reserve Mm -hmm. and somebody who might be right in talking to you about something that they may be right about is holding that mirror to your face whilst you don't have the mental physical or spiritual reserves for it mm-hmm. you're raging as a result of trying to actually protect your reserves right, right? Mm. so you need to understand why the anger is happening mm-hmm. and and being okay with accepting that you are currently at your limit yeah anger is your limit Mm-hmm. your cup's limit yeah and it is a defense mechanism that comes out to make sure nothing else goes out wow so mm. to me when somebody is like that it doesn't matter if whatever the person is saying is right 
the anger needs to be acknowledged and then it needs to be understood and then it needs to you need to go into filling your cup mode mm. which is if you are physically unwell looking after yourself physically if you are all of the above if you need you know to go out and spend time in nature or if you need to calm down anger is the result of not having your emotional needs met your cup is currently empty and you have nothing left to give and it is a way of pushing away anyone who's trying to detract anything from you wow. so depending on where you are on the angry scale mm. as to what that might be what might be happening mm-hmm. so anger is absolutely a needed and wanted emotion mm. because it is a way it's an indicator for us to know when we are at our limit wow yeah yeah, that's Beautiful. my thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. And also, what were we saying, like, before, we were talking about friendships, right? And even, I really want to know, because what happens is, you know, obviously we have, with look, some might not, but, like, for example, I've got a mum and a dad, and it's like, I see my female friendships, but then I see my male friendships mm-hmm. or you know whether they're romantic or not it's a completely different dynamic it is and it's it's confusing it's frustrating and it's yeah i just that whole and i feel like you know they say men are from mars but are they really or are they just so suppressed that they, you know, the the world teaches them not to have emotions and and to be strong and all of that? And I don't know what question I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> it's something to do with is there a difference I mean? between the male to female dynamic, dynamic inside of friendships? Yeah. And I absolutely would agree with that. And I think it just, you know, even even some of the most aware men um you know can struggle because of the way the world grooms them we're groomed to be a lot more communicative um and sympathetic and empathetic um and uh you know you know we're, we're it's it's easier for us to be that person now i'm not actually not acknowledging women who have had to go through um, the struggles of independence and being a woman in the world and having to do a man's job, because I certainly have, um, which is why I can relate to men so well. Mm. But I also have the privilege in the sense of being able to express my emotions freely without being judged mm. for that, um, whereas a man will struggle not only with society, but then even even if he's around people that are supportive, he will be judging himself and it's kind of like working through that judgment to be able to be their most vulnerable self and it's not something that comes naturally to them even my closest male friend I believe struggles Mm. with that and isn't very good at articulating his own emotions um so I feel like a lot of people will struggle um and you know uh that being said you know um I have a male friend that's recently come into my life who has actually showed me through a lot of development that he is able to stand in his power in let's just say his masculinity um and still be that soft voice of compassion empathy uh sympathy um and um consistency you know and I feel like he he but there's been he's got a lot of years of being working on himself mm-hmm. to actually under under his belt mm. whereby he can communicate with me on the same level of say you mm. right as another female yeah. who quite openly expresses her emotions mm. so yes i think women and male to female female dynamics are difficult on in one hand but on the other hand there's a lot of learning like i learn for example Men are from Mars because they're taught to be in a different reality than we are sort of thing. Um, When they actually start integrating with us, they start understanding themselves and we actually get a better understanding of how difficult it is for them to actually even feel. They become so detached from their own emotions, they don't actually know 
that it's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they don't know how to, how to articulate something that they don't even know how to feel, yeah. right? So yeah. it's where yeah. on, 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 where on the scale of learning to feel are they? You know, where on the scale of learning to feel and, ma- and being okay with it are they? Where on the scale of learning to feel, being okay with it, expressing it and being able to articulate it in a consistent manner are they? Wow. Right? So yeah. it's absolutely possible to have male to female dynamic friendships um, and they can be wonderful even if they're not balanced. Um, sometimes having them there can balance, you know, the female as well because it gives us a lot of insight and compassion to men that are even further down the track in terms of developing their connection with their emotions. Yeah. It helps us sympathise and empathise with those men that normally we would go, oh, my God, they don't care. They're just, you know, they're just these toxic masculine guys. Um, and I think, honestly, the integration process of humanity really needs to, needs to be better understood that uh, there has been a whole hell of a lot of conditioning for a whole hell of a lot of years. Mm. And, you know, having male to female dynamics, friendships and whatever helps us better understand the broader community mm-hmm. does that make sense definitely no it definitely yeah. does um i want to talk about i want to ask because we're both tarot readers right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i want to ask you what are your thoughts on tarot what you know when it comes to using tools as well mm-hmm. and and all of that what what are your thoughts when it comes to tarot cards yeah or even tarot readers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. i think everybody plays uh, the journey in their the role in their life that they're meant to play at the time and so you know i've been a tarot reader for a very long time a very experienced one at that and obviously as you know and have experienced mm-hmm. yourself um, you know, you do become exactly, you know, the magical being that I am, I'm able to, I have progressed and my gifts have grown and expanded through acceptance and understanding. And it is not by way of judging others. It is by understanding that everything is as it should be. So I am, for example, not a futuristic tarot reader. Now, what that means is, is that I do not believe that it's helpful for the people that come to see me um, to actually talk to them about things that have not happened yet, more so than it is important to discuss what is currently going on within their existing reality in order to get them to the reality that they actually want to be at. Mm. And I do use those tools to, you know, tap into their subconscious Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be able to see where they're currently at versus what is coming out of their mouth because sometimes the disconnection between their feelings and, and what's truly, you yeah. know, what they want is 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 two different Definitely. things, right? Yeah. And, yep. for example, I want to get a boyfriend, I, you know, I, or I, is, does this guy like me? And without judgment, you have to be clear of judgment. You have to remove all of your judgment and honestly love and show compassion even for the things that you think are silly because... In that moment, there's a reason why that person is so deeply clinging on to the future yeah. outcome of this person, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. So getting them to, to sit in the present reality mm-hmm. and understand that is going to be a more important tool than mm-hmm. telling them that it's going to work. Yeah, so what in saying that, mm-hmm. what are, what is something that could happen if you were to do a futuristic reading? You know, if, you know, people do, sometimes I do futuristic readings. Mm-hmm. I try to steer away from it now because mm-hmm. I also believe it's not, it's not very helpful. Mm-hmm. But depending on the person, mm-hmm. I will intuitively navigate that. Mm-hmm. But why don't you do futuristic readings? Yeah, so I think I think really it's really more about the fact that I'm skipping over the very gift that they're being brought to me for because now I do want to be very clear here. Futuristic tarot readers and psychics, um, and I do classify myself as one, but I just don't like labels because I think there's too much of a derogatory term for, you know, readers that at this point in my life I feel do not reflect accurately what I do. But yet, flipping back, I just want to say that, you know, futuristic tarot readers are absolutely important. They bring hope 
Um, and if your divinity steers you in the direction of a futuristic tarot reader that brings you hope, then that is what is exactly that is exactly what is needed. And they are absolutely out there. And I can actually read futuristic. The of thing course. for me is is mm. that more often than not, when I do read futuristic, I'm skipping over the most important gift I can be giving them, which is the wisdom of their current reality and how to actually break the cycle of bad habits that keep, you know, manufacturing these the, the life that they do not want. So, you know, they, they don't want to feel, you know, in lack. They don't want to feel like they're chasing after this person. They don't want to feel like that. So how do I help them understand what is at the crux of it? Yeah. And so more often than not, they're not even aware of it themselves. So the tarot helps me tap into their subconscious in order to actually bring that out of them and be able to then talk about what the real things are. More often than not, though, it'll take them quite a few sessions and a lot of talking and coaching in between in order to really look at that reality because mm-hmm. the gentle whispers of the of the um in, of your own instincts and your intuition are not burning flames initially yeah. they are just those quiet things that you still continue to ignore and you need to be coming back to that and you need to be given more tools and you need to break it down more so for me that is why I don't do futuristic and I have been torn down by a lot of tarot readers saying well you know you're actually you're actually bagging out tarot readers, for example, and saying yeah. that you're somehow better. Yeah. And it, again, this actually leads into the next subject, which was, you know, my own standing in my own power and being discerning around what I do. Mm. Knowing my place in the world um, means that I have to actually go, well, that's more about your insecurity of what you do yep. than mine. Yeah. Because people that actually do do that, whether they be a tarot reader or not, come mm. at me and attack me for having a very strong opinion mm. uh, to which I have no intention to hurt anybody. Um, and tarot readers are beautiful spiritual people um, that do provide lots of different layers and levels of things. Mm. But I also believe that there is more beyond the tarot. The tarot is mm. just simply a tool. Um, that helps in, you know me understand what's truly going on with this person when sometimes they don't know themselves. So what they're asking me may not be consistent with the messaging that needs to come through. Mm. So that is one tool I might use. But for the most part, I actually channel more than mm. anything. I download the information to be able to articulate and connect in with that person and really break down through intention and mm. my words. My words are powerful. They are. And, yep, you know, what I, <laughs> I often find I'll say things and then they just happen or I, mm-hmm. or I will sit with you and whatever I have to say, my words, I've, I, I stand in my truth, I stand in my power. And so when I have something to say to you as a, as a reaction to your questions or your vibration, I'm delivering it with 100% intention and power and mm. knowing that I'm investing my my energy in you which yeah. then amplifies your ability yeah. to absorb what i'm saying 100 percent. yeah yeah and look normally i'll be i'll be having a conversation with someone and let's say quote unquote they're spiritual i don't listen to their words i actually just feel the vibration yeah and then it's a and then i leave and then it's a process that in within my aura and and my body that I go through a process of understanding, whereas with you, you not only are sending me the vibration or, and giving me the vibration, you are also able to articulate it in such a way that I'm not, I'm not sitting here thinking, what, what are you saying? Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, like, yeah, I still might have to, you know, when I do leave, uh, I will transmute the energy mm-hmm. but i'm not left thinking what did she say yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah you deliver it in a way that mm. that per- you know that that person can you know obviously mm-hmm. digest mm. um and then obviously you know you you deliver it with intention so mm. then even mm. if there was a possibility of mild confusion with the intention clarifies and makes a gate makes a gateway for you to receive it a lot easier yeah so i also use energy work mm. in order to manipulate what i'm saying 
to mm. to to obviously be be received a lot easier to the mm. sitter, for example. And how did you learn that? It's an intuitive process mm. through meditation, mm. and obviously, um, in not impressing my own, I guess, judgment mm. on what I believe that person needs necessarily from my own experiences but what I can see that person is clearly bringing to me and I allow the channel to open through not allowing judgment through breath work through being centered and through daily obviously holding myself accountable for judgment because we all do it to say that you don't judge is bullshit yeah we all judge mm-hmm. um you know it's just you know knowing and getting in the practice of, you know, pulling yourself up for when you are judging. Mm. So then you know how to actually open the gateway to channel. Um, because unfortunately, if you're going to channel or you have an interest in channeling, and that is the download of information that is available to all of us that we get, the very thing that cuts us off to that is judgment. That is so true, isn't it? Yeah. So... Mm if you get in the practice of understanding what judgment looks like in every sense of the word, um, it's not that you shouldn't be doing it. It's more that when you do do it and particularly you impress your judgment on somebody else, you're actually not giving them the channeled version. You're giving your physical version of what you think of them. Mm -hmm. So therefore when you channel and you're an open channel, you're delivering something beautiful and you're delivering a wisdom beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. You understand that you're humbly, in servant I guess in service to them for that moment Mm. and inside of that moment being of service to them you must remove your own judgment Mm. um, in order to show up for them as they need you Mm. and therefore when you do that wholeheartedly you're able to give them uh, what they need and they are able to receive that through their heart space uh, Mm. that energy that intention and that that untampered with Mm-hmm. channel yeah and it, they just get it and their their frequency raises mm. so when you say you know you meditate and you do breath work and you've obviously got a practice of you know uh self-love mm-hmm. that you do daily and i'm just wondering when you say when it comes to you know channeling mm-hmm. do in those meditations do you set the intention i am a channel for for the collective consciousness uh, what what is the intention the intention is selfless so mm. what i mean by that is it is i am a this body is a vessel for either my higher consciousness or the collective consciousness to come through and have mm. a, an opportunity to express itself through this body in order for the highest good of everybody and inclusive of myself. Mm. So my intention is always the gratitude for the experience that I have here and what it is that you know I could be doing in service of both my higher self and with this body and the collective consciousness and therefore whatever is is truly meant to show up in the good of the the best possible outcome so for example to give me the best possible possible outcome because we always have there's always outcomes probability the probability outcomes and certain timelines give me the best timeline possible um, to give me the best timeline possible I'm going to open myself up for channel to my higher being, my higher self and the collective consciousness consciousness in order to use this vessel to service in the greatest good of humanity. Mm. And therefore, whatever comes up, it might be, it might be, for example, go outside and put your hands on a tree because mm. you're toxic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always like, you know, and uh, I mean, look, a yeah. lot of people don't know me personally, but, you know, I am, I'm, I'm much of a jokester and, and I think, you know, having, being able to take life not so seriously all the time is important too. Definitely. <laughs> so it's yeah. whatever shows up. And so yeah. the intention is just whatever shows up mm. in the greatest, the highest good of both myself and humanity. Mm. And that actually collectively brings me into the next thing, which is, 
you know, um, what is, you know, you know, this whole practice of self-love thing. I think we've probably etched it too far to the point where we're like, if you don't love yourself and you're not onto it yourself, then you can't love anyone else. And for a good portion of time there, actually up until recently, I actually believe that. Mm. And I, I now call bullshit on that. Same. Because mm. the truth is, is that you have the potential to love everybody. Even when you're completely destructive. Yeah. The problem is, is that the expectation of the type of love that they're going to give you back in return, if you are still, you know, um, you don't understand that, you know, I guess you're giving past the point of resentment, mm-hmm. right? Never give past the point of resentment. Like mm-hmm. I give to people freely. Mm-hmm. The minute I start resenting because I'm not getting back what I need in return, mm-hmm. I then know I've given too much to that person. Mm. So I never give past the point of resentment. And I always say that that's the most important thing that we need to learn is that in in, in, in the journey of loving yourself and love, loving other people, you can do both at the same time, but you never give past the point of resentment. And that should be your benchmark for how much you give back to somebody. Um, and it's not about playing games or tick for tack. It's more about the fact that you you want to be genuine within that mm. friendship and mm-hmm. or within that relationship mm. um and if you're giving to the point of the fact that oh well they didn't give me this and I'm not happy then you've given too much of yourself so retract yeah um and then yeah. work on yourself because that you know there are some friendships that are the gift that keeps on giving mm. there are others that you probably have to put some boundaries around mm-hmm. um because you don't want to get to the point of resentment and you mm. feel like maybe that person takes more than they give yeah and the reality is in my own journey what I've found as well is when I start to resent someone and it is definitely because I've given and but it's past the point of resentment which is what you're saying the reality is I was really just resenting myself for Mm -hmm. giving too much Correct. And yeah. you'll hear that a lot. You'll hear, mm-hmm. well, I give them this and I I did this and yeah. I did that. What you did, darling, is that you mm-hmm. gave past the point of your comfort levels mm-hmm. and you didn't listen to your own intuition and then you wanted to hang it on that person yeah. because you're not listening to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you hear yourself? Yeah. And I mean, I have to constantly hold myself accountable for that because mm-hmm. sometimes I give past the point of resentment mm-hmm. and then I feel that resentment. I go, well, that was your choice and you shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Yeah. So... Now it's not. It, I don't want to demonize that person because I made a choice to give more than they they have the capacity to give me back. I just take back my power. Yeah, that's you know, it. and yeah. that's you know that's something that I'm working through at the moment. Is mm. you know, obviously, the love loving yourself and love the I love loving other people can absolutely coexist. Yeah. Um, but you know, they need to coexist on a level that you feel comfortable with. Otherwise, you're giving past the point of resentment, and that mm. friendship then becomes non genuine. Yeah. So um, mm. that's, that's been something that I've learned. And I think that that also helps us understand boundaries a lot better. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like when, you know, when we go to blame someone else, you know, or something external, it always comes back to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for example, well, there, I don't know, maybe it might be in my recent case, well, that person wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is, why did I expect that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's not blame, you know, or maybe allow the blame to come about, but then really hold that mirror up. And the truth is that we, we are really to blame for our actions and what we accept as well Mm -hmm. and it's not to be hard on ourselves Mm -hmm. it's just so we can move uh forward in our healing journey and in life being the best versions of ourselves for Mm ourselves and for Mm -hmm. like you do Mm -hmm. and i do this as well not right now but (laughs) you know for collective for the collective absolutely absolutely and i think we have to be careful with um, the word blame because mm. I think people get stuck on words like yeah. I don't and so I understand yeah. the frequency in which you're actually oh, yeah, you're giving I, that to me yeah. and I know you yeah. don't need to worry about that with yeah. me because I know what you're saying <laughs> 
but a lot of people will get stuck on words and I'm certain mm-hmm. that if anybody's listening to this they would have picked that up straight away and I'd like mm-hmm. to the for those listeners that just did do that mm-hmm. for them to actually understand that you know sometimes understanding people and the art of listening to your intuition is to truly hear what they're saying and that sometimes means listening with your whole body mm-hmm. not just the words mm-hmm. and so in this instance you're saying you know mm-hmm. you're holding yourself accountable for choices that you made yeah rather than mm-hmm. actually you know demonizing mm-hmm. another person exactly right and so i've just moved the words around mm-hmm. and it's changed the frequency of which you were actually yeah. trying the point you were, of, mm-hmm. of which you were trying to we, mm. we've been able to get to the point that you were trying yeah. to make yeah um and so yeah i think i think just understanding that is and also to be kind to ourselves throughout mm. this process because mm-hmm. it is really hard to navigate friendships relationships and people and society with the you know we are all human we are all going to make mistakes we are all going to screw up i've screwed up so many times you know i still am trying to figure out how to deal with depression and this power and you know i i it's interesting i am going to actually end this podcast soon we were it's episode we were actually going to make a little bit more about madison and i wanted to talk about some of what she did but um or what she's been through recently but maybe we'll do that on a live we'll jump on live and yeah. maybe talk about that a little bit later yeah. as it turns out it has been a, a bit more about me <laughs> and my experiences um and i do want to say inside of that i actually madison and i were talking about this earlier i do not celebrate myself enough yeah and i tear myself down quickly and this has become about me you're on here i would like to be able to interview you and as it turns out you're interviewing me you're talking to me about mm. this stuff and you're picking my brain which you obviously mm. feel very comfortable doing and enjoy yeah, doing of course <laughs> like nick our our friendship since day one has always been we're lifting each other up yeah and you know what we actually realized today was that you know we we need to be in our power more yeah and the reality is i'm i'm having fun when you're in your power yeah whether that is talking whether that is you know telling me about your experiences and doing your podcast and doing what you're passionate about that's what i love to see do you know what i mean yeah and i love and, that and it's it comes back to we bring our whole selves to the table and mm. and it's just it's a beautiful energy exchange mm-hmm. where we can really you know like i know that you've got that you know we we can't be too powerful you know and a lot of women have this yeah but it ends now <laughs> Is this little Miss 25-year-old onto it telling me, Miss 43-year-old, that I need to stand in my power? Just as I was having this, I did a reading for her last night and I was saying to her, you need to stand in your power, honey. And it turns out, like today, they're very, you know, and you just never know who you're going to learn from. And I thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. You're so welcome. Um, Because a lot of what I do is minimise myself unconsciously. And I have noticed this because I have had most recently a lot of hate. Mm. As much as I've had love and support, mm. I get a lot of hate. Yeah. And um, uh, I get a lot of it. And it's, you know, well, you talk about yourself or you talk too much or you're this or you're that. And so you have this narrative, I'm too much, I'm too much. I better minimise myself. I better apologise for, for, for taking over this. I better make it known that I know what they're thinking. I know that I'm too mm. much. I do that as well. And it's kind of like, you know what? It stops today. Yeah, it you stops wanna, today. You want to be a part of my world? Best you step up your shit. Mm-hmm. And you know what else I'm looking at? Celebrating myself in a way that I hadn't before. I recently had somebody try to create havoc for me based off completely false, a completely false narrative mm-hmm. um, that couldn't be further from who I am. But instead of going to try and explain who I was, I clearly pointed out what the problem was the problem was in their arena that I wasn't going to sit there and hold them accountable for it. I was just going to simply remove myself from that type of behavior and that I would not tolerate it. And the, you know, the interesting thing was, is that the other people that were seeing this sort of play out 
were saying things like, you're a class act. And I was sweeping off these these very beautiful statements that were being made to me. You know, you're a class act, you're classy, you're so articulate. How you actually express yourself is impeccable. Um, some of the words, the descriptive words to describe me. Or, and now as I'm saying it, I'm like, stop grandstanding.